Hi there, this is Jacob Msiba, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. Now okay, we are going straight to the word. We are continuing with our theme, oneness. Hallelujah. For the, for, that's the theme for the team, uh, for the term, I mean. And um, the term is ending, uh, end of this month. So, and it's been so good. Amen. And uh, then for the month of August, we said we are going to be talking about one hope. And as we were talking about one hope, we have experienced and we have um, sort of got to be reminded of the fact that in there is a hope for us even after this life. Hallelujah. And that even while we are still here, there is hope for us. There is hope for our callings. There is hope for our primary calling. And there is hope for our uh, secondary calling. So it's a beautiful thing. And uh, this morning, still under the theme, uh, One Hope, um, I am going to be talking about a subject entitled, He is with me. Come on, declare he's with me. Come on, declare he's with me. You can do better than that. He is with me. With everything in you, declare he is with me. Yes, indeed, every day he is with us. Sometimes it does not feel like that, but he is with us. Even when it does not feel as though he's with us. He is with us. Hallelujah. Please turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 41, verse number 10. Isaiah 41, verse number 10. The Bible says, don't be afraid. And you know, when I was preparing, I, 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 I sort of thought to myself, when someone in this day and age comes to you and says, don't be afraid. I mean, given everything that is happening around us, that person must be very much bold and they must have something up their sleeves that they know. Why are they saying you must not be afraid? They must be so powerful in such a way that they can be bold enough in this day and age with everything happening around us, they can just say, don't be afraid. When you are walking with someone who can fight and somebody comes and approaches you and you become scared and you want to run away and they, said, they say, don't be afraid. When they show you that they are carrying a gun, then you are like, oh, okay, I then... Now I understand. Why? Because there's something that they also know they carry that can help you not to be afraid. So God here is so bold. He says to us, don't be afraid. And it's God who is speaking here. So it means that we need to know that there's something that he is not afraid of himself. No matter what it is that may come your way, he's not afraid of that thing. 
That's why he is saying, don't be afraid. So in other words, he's saying, don't be afraid because he can be able to tackle whatever it is that can make you afraid. So he says, don't be afraid. And the reason why you must not be afraid is because I am with you. And then it, it says, don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. There it comes. So, Utembe, his victorious right hand, that can be able to snatch you away from the hand of the enemy. His victorious right hand, that has been proven that no matter how much of a hole the enemy can dig for you, no matter how dark it can be, this victorious hand is able to get you from that hole and pick you up and uphold you. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, being without Christ will always leave us without hope. Because it simply means that we are without God. There is no way that you can claim to have God on your side unless you are with Christ. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen to what the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, chapter number 2, verse number 12. It says that at, this t at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So there is no way that you can have Christ and not have hope. Because when you have Christ, you have God. And that's where you will then be able to have hope. And also in the book of John chapter number 14, verse number 6, the Bible says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So there is no way that you can go to God and find hope in God unless you go through Christ Jesus. So you cannot say to yourself, I'm going to have hope in God unless you have Christ Jesus on your corner. Somebody say amen. So this thing of being born again, of accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, of having Christ in your life means that you will have God and God will then become your hope. Somebody say amen. So now, this is the reason why then the Bible poses a question to say, what is the hope of a person who has no God? In the book of Job, chapter number 27, verse number 8, that's what the Bible says. It says, for what hope have the godless? What is the hope of those who are godless? Because whatever it is that they might even put their hope on, those things may not last. And those things may not even be able to help them out in times of trouble. Because sometimes you can put your hope on certain things only to find that they also need to have hope themselves. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, what does hope mean? 
The meaning of hope is, hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. It's a feeling of expectation and desire for a particular thing to happen. And the, the biblical meaning of hope is confident expectation. So in other words, as the children of God, when we say we have hope in God, it means that we have confident expectation. We are confident in the fact that God is able to help us. We are confident in the fact that God is able to change our situations and our circumstances. We become confident in the fact that he is able. Why are we confident in God? We are confident because he is able to change our situations and our, our circumstances. That is why we are confident in expecting from him. Sometimes you become less confident in expecting from someone because you doubt their ability to do what you are expecting from them. But with God, we need not to doubt because he has the ability to provide that which we are hoping for in him. Somebody say amen. So as the children of God, we need to be expectant. And while we are expectant, we must be confident in our expectation. So it's not just an expectation to say that if it happens, it happens. But it is an expectation that is full of confidence. You are confident not on your own ability. You are confident not on your own way of doing things. You are confident not on what you can be able to produce, but you are confident in the fact that the one that you are putting your expectation on is able to help you. Somebody say amen. So that's why when you are hoping in God you, or you are expecting something from God, it must be coupled with confidence to say, I am confident in the one that I am expecting from. Somebody say, amen. You must not be confident in yourself, but be confident in God. Because sometimes you might not be able, but God will always be able. Somebody say, amen. That's what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 10, verse number 35. It says, therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. So we need to be confident in our God because that's where we will get great rewards. Also in the book of First John chapter number 3 verse number 21 the Bible says, beloved if one heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence, we have confidence in our God. Hallelujah. Now, confidence in God will always deliver answered prayers. So if you have a prayer point that you have been praying for, it may be you have not seen results in as far as that prayer point is concerned. Check the confidence. Are you confident in the fact that God is able to answer your prayer? So confidence in God will always produce and will always deliver answers to our prayers. When we are able to stand and say it does not matter what I am going through right now. It does not matter 
what I am experiencing right now. At the end of the day, there is a God who hears my prayers and he is able to answer all of my prayers. That confidence to say I'm not confident in my own abilities, I'm not confident in my own strength, but I am confident in the fact that the one I am praying to is going to answer me. And in no time you will see God answering your prayers. Why? Because you are confident in him. Somebody say amen. First John chapter number 5 verse number 14 the Bible says now this is the confidence that we have in him. So our confidence is not in what we can do. Our confidence is not in what we can be able to produce or deliver. But our confidence is in him. It says confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us. So it must be according to his will because if it is according to his will, then he, is, he knows he has already checked his ability. When God in his word gives us promises, it is because he has already checked his abilities. There is no way that God can give us a promise and say this promise is in my will for my children and then turn and say I am not able to produce. Because he has already checked his ability and then he's then giving us the promise. So when you are trusting him according to his will, you are trusting him for his own promises, then he is able to produce for everything that we are trusting him for. Hallelujah. Now, someone might say, how do we then have confidence in God? How do we then have confidence in God? Having confidence in God is simply abiding in Him. When we abide in Him, then we are showing that we have confidence in Him. We are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We are not uh, trusting God today and tomorrow we are trusting other things. We abide in Him and we abide in His word. Why? Because we have confidence in him. That's how we have confidence in him. By abiding in him. By abiding in his word. In the book of 1 John, chapter number 2, verse number 28, it says, And now little, little, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. So it is important that we abide in God. And that is how we then say we have confidence in him. So in other words, we don't just sit down and practice confidence in God. Or we don't just only say it with our mouths and say we have confidence in God. Confidence in God is an action. Confidence in God is something that you do. And how do you do it? By abiding in him. By being steadfast in his word, by abiding in him, just as a branch abides on the source, which is the tree. And just like the tree abides on the soil, which has the source for what it needs. So what we do in, in, in practicing confidence in God is that we abide in him. And when we abide in him, then we see ourselves very much confident in the fact that he is able 
to come through for us. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever ask or think. He is able to answer our prayers. He is able to give us the desires of our hearts. He is able to even uh, 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 correct that which is wrong in our lives. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Now, when we lack hope, we are left with fear. Wherever there is no hope, there will always be fear. When we lack hope, there is nothing that says to us things are going to work out. Because it is only hope that when we find ourselves in situations and circumstances that are not favorable to us, that when we find ourselves in difficult times, it is only hope that communicates to us that things are not always going to be like this. But if you are hopeless, then there is nothing that is going to say to you, something is going to come and uh, this is not going to end as it is. So when we lack confidence, we always say it's not going to be well with us. When we lack confidence, we are hopeless. When we lack confidence in God, we become fearful. We, we are always faced with a challenge to think that it is not going to be well with us. But this morning, I want each and every one of us to know that when we put our hope in God, then fear is going to leave us. And when fear leaves us, hope will arise and we will know that it will indeed be well with us. Somebody say amen. And each time we feel fear in our heart, we always feel as though everything is not going to work out for us and we become afraid. So instead of being hopeful, we become fearful. Instead of being confident in God, we lose our confidence in God and we always think that God is not going to come through for us. God is going to drop us and God is not going to solve even our problems. Somebody say amen. So this subject of hopelessness is a subject that is across the board. It's not only about people who do not have God because sometimes even us who proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, sometimes fear comes and it grips our hearts and we think that things are not going to work out for us. But I have a message of hope this morning to say there is no need for us to be fearful. There is no need for us to even succumb to the fear that grips our heart. Even when we find ourselves in difficult situations and circumstances, we need to take heart and know that things are not going to end as they are. But God, the God that we hope that we hope uh, that we put our hope upon is going to come through for us and he is going to help us. Somebody say amen. So each time we feel this fear, we start looking at all the impossible situations that we are faced with. And each time we see these impossible situations that we are faced with, there is always evidence that there is something that is going to go wrong. So if we focus our, our eyes on the impossibilities that we are faced with, we then uh, take away our eyes from God who is supposed to be our hope. And each time 
we focus on the, in, uh, on, 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 on the impossibilities, we are always going to find the evidence. There will always be the evidence to say, there is no way that this can work out. In fact, it's going to be impossible for it to work out. But each time we look through the eyes of fear, we, we, we also look at what we are capable of doing. But when we look through the eyes of hope in God, we see what God is capable of doing. So each time you find yourself in a difficult situation or a difficult circumstance, you find yourself faced with a challenging situation, you find yourself with a challenge that you are faced with. Yes, it is impossible, but the Bible says there are things that are impossible to men, but they are very much possible with God. In other words, this situation that you are faced with, it is true that it is impossible for you, but it is possible with God. That is why you need to uh, take your eyes away from the impossible situation and fix your eyes on God who is able to change your situation. You cannot change your situation by yourself. There is no way. In fact, the evidence shows that this situation is bigger than you. The problem you are faced with is bigger than you. But there is a God who backs you up. The only thing that you need to do is just to put your hope in him and stop looking at the impossible situation, but look at the God of the impossibilities. The one who specializes in fixing things that are impossible to be fixed. There, there is a history, even in the Bible, that he is able to fix things that are unfixable. He is able to even change things that everyone cannot be able to change. So even your situation as well, even your circumstance as well, he is well and able to turn it around for you. But all you need to do is to put your confidence in him and not be fearful because uh, it is always said that fear is false evidence appearing real. So there will always be evidence in whatever situation that you are faced with. There will always be evidence that this thing is bigger than me. In whatever situation that you are faced with, there will always be evidence that you are unable to solve this problem. So each time you feel the fear, yes, it is evidence. And there is nothing wrong with you admitting the fact that this, and because you are assessing the situation, but don't dwell in assessing the situation. When you assess the situation, you assess it so that you can go to God. You don't assess it so that you can be fearful and see yourself as a grasshopper before a great giant. But you are supposed to see your God, the God that you hope in. Somebody say amen. So in the same way, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Fear is also the substance of things that we do not hope for. In the same way that faith is the substance of things we hope for, fear is the substance of things that we do not hope for. So in other words, whatever that you fear will always become a substance. It will manifest at some point. 
Just like whatever you project your faith upon, it will manifest at some point. So that is why we need to run away from fear. That is why we need not to entertain fear. That is why we are being taught this morning that there is hope that we can project in our God. We can have hope in our God because he is able to change our situations and our circumstances. Because if we entertain the fear based on what we see, everything that then we feared will come upon us. That's what the Bible says. Because uh, uh, in the book of Job, chapter number 3, verse number 25, it says, For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. So in other words, instead of wasting my energy on fear, I must then waste my energy on practicing faith. Sometimes we think we are practicing faith and we are busy practicing fear. Because every day, we can't even sleep at night, we are thinking about the things that we are fearing. We are thinking about the things that are going to befall us. We are thinking about the things that might, that might go wrong. Sometimes even when things are not going wrong, we cause them to go wrong because we are fearful. Sometimes even when God gives us things, when God blesses us, Sometimes the enemy will come and put fear in the inside of us and we begin to say, we are going to lose this. Even though it is a blessing from God. And lo and behold, if you continue practicing that fear towards that blessing, you might even lose that blessing. In fact, you will at some point sabotage yourself and lose that blessing because you are fearful that you are going to lose this blessing. So it is important that Whenever we feel fear based on a situation or a circumstance or even a blessing, as I said, we run away from fear and we replace it with faith. How do we replace it with faith? By hoping in God. Amen. Having confidence in the fact that the one who has given me this blessing gave me this blessing and it is permanent. Amen. He is not going to take it away from me. The enemy will have no foothold to come and take the blessing away from you unless there is fear. God looks for faith. Satan looks for fear. So in any territory where he wants to function, the devil will look for fear. He will thrive and he will be able to bring about his works. God, when he wants to bring about his works and his power, he looks for faith. We give God faith for him to perform miracles. We give the devil a foothold to do whatever he wants to do through fear. So when he wants to come and steal, to steal, to kill and to destroy, he looks for fear and he feeds from fear and he gets a foothold in our lives and he comes and then he manifests his agenda through fear. So fear is not our portion. We are supposed to be people who are hopeful. Hallelujah. Now, how do we overcome? There is a remedy for fear. The Bible is clear in giving us the remedy for fear. The remedy for fear is love. And perfect love comes from God. So, for you not to be fearful, no matter the situation that you find yourself in, no matter the circumstance that you find yourself in, no matter the challenge that you are faced with, 
for you not to be fearful, for you not to lose hope, you must know that God loves you. The revelation of the love of God casts away all fears. That he is not going to leave me and he's not going to forsake me. That he is not going to drop me. That he is not going to allow my foot to be moved. That he is not going to allow me to go down. That he is not going to allow my business to go down. That he is not going to allow my marriage to fail. That he is not going to allow me to be stressed out each and every day. That he is not going to allow me to be financially distressed all the time. That God in his godliness is not capable of not loving me. He loves me so much and he has even given me his only begotten son. That is why I am saved. How much more, the Bible says, will he not give me everything along with his son? Will he not give me everything else? What is a job if he is able to release his son for me? What is a business deal if he is able to release his son for me? What is a, a building if he is able to release his son for me? What is, a, what is the healing that I am trusting him for if he is able to release his only, his one and only begotten son? What is what I am trusting him for? What is it that you are believing him for? Please compare it. For those who have children, we will we'll attest to this fact that there is no way, no matter what you can give me, if you say you are going to take away my child, or rather you don't give me what you are promising me. But God was able to let go of the love of his life, his one and only begotten son. Christ Jesus, and he did not come just to be God here, but he came to die. And God knew that the son that he loves so much is coming here on earth to die. Imagine how painful is that? And yet he did not withhold Christ Jesus from us. He gave him to us and he was able to say along with him everything else that you need. So the revelation of the love of God is key in dealing with fear. So each time you become fearful in thinking that God is not going to come for you when you are going through situations, when you are going through challenges, I want you to have a revelation of God, of, of the love of God. I want you to go to your Bible and check how much God loves you. Look it up in every way. Do whatever it takes for you to grasp the revelation of the love of God. God loves you so much. God loves you more than you love yourself. God loves you more than you love your spouse. God loves your life more than you love it yourself. God loves you and God wants you to prosper. He says, I want you to prosper. He loves you so much. So there is no way that you can be fearful in thinking that God is just going to rejoice at my downfall. It is impossible for the one who loves you the way God loves you to let you just go through things all by yourself. Somebody say amen. amen. The revelation of the love of God causes us to understand that he wants the best for us. So when you are fearful, know 
that he is with you. He loves you. The revelation of the love of God is going to keep you even in the den, in, in the den of lions. The revelation of the love of God will keep you even in the fiery furnace. Even when they have even made the fire to be hot seven more times. The revelation of the love of God, it will say to you, I don't know what is it that he is going to do with this situation, but I'm just going to walk in it and he's going to see how he sees to finish. But what I know is that he loves me. What the revelation of the love of God will cause you not to be scared of challenges. Whatever challenge that you may be facing right now, I want you to know God loves you. God loves you so much. God loves you too much to leave you in the situation that you are in. God loves you too much to leave you with the sickness that you are battling with. God loves you too much to leave you with the, 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 the financial struggles that you are struggling with. God loves you too much to leave you frustrated like the way you are frustrated. God loves you too much to leave you with uh, uh, not knowing whether you are coming or going. God loves you so much. He loves you too much to just leave you like that. God is not going to drop you. He's with you. Even when it does not feel like he's with you, he's with you. Sometimes when we are going through situations and circumstances, it feels as though he's not there. But we all know the story of the footprints that sometimes he carries you. Sometimes when you see as though you are the only one walking, as if you are walking all by yourself, you need not to fear. You need to put your hope in God because the God that is with you is the God that loves you in such a way that sometimes he will let you just walk and he will carry you sometimes. Sometimes you will walk and you will see the footprints and he's walking beside you. But sometimes you will see one set of footprints, but it is because he is carrying you. Those footprints are not yours. Those footprints are God's because he is carrying you. He is walking with you. So when you turn back and you see just one set of footprints, know that he is carrying you. You are very much secured and safe in his arms. He's not going to drop you. He's going to go through the fire with you. Sometimes God will, he will take us out of the fire, but sometimes he will be with us in the fire. Somebody say amen. But he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. There is nothing that is difficult for him and there is nothing that is hard for him. There is nothing that he fears and there is nothing that is too great for him to solve. There is no problem that is too big for God to solve. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever ask or think. Even the prayer points that we have regarding our challenges, regarding our, regarding our circumstances, I want us to know and understand that his love is greater and he is going to come for us because he is always with us. Somebody say amen. He loves us very much. He loves us very much. The Bible says, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil 
Why? What is the reason for me not being fearful? Because you are with me. David knew that even though the valley can be there because life is full of valleys and life is full of mountaintops. There is no way that you can only put your hope in God and know that he loves you when you are on the mountaintop. God does not only love you when you perform well in life. God loves you even in the time when you are in the valley. God does not want you to perform for him, for him to love you. When in, in fact, even the thing that you have, the things that brings about confidence in your life, be it money, be it cars, be it whatever it is that brings confidence in your life, I want you to know they are from God. It is God who brought them into your life. And if they are for whatever reason shaken, God, the source is not shaken. The source will still come and produce because he is able and his love will never cause him to leave us in the valley. Many people think that sometimes even others don't even come to church when they are going through the valley. Others hibernate when they are going through the valley. But then where is your confidence? Where is your hope? Is your hope in what you have? Is your confidence in what you have? Or your confidence is in God. Or your hope is in God. Your hope is supposed to be in the fact that God loves me. Even in the valley. He loves me. David had that revelation. He is with me. You are with me. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. This is a word for somebody this morning going through the valley. They are in the valley. They see themselves in the valley in business. They see themselves in the valley in their career, in their families, in their lives. They see themselves in the valley. It's as if things are not going well. It's as if whatever it is that you are trying to do is not bringing about results. I need you to find rest. I'm not saying that you are not supposed to do what you are supposed to do so that you can come out of the valley. You have, a play, you have a part to play, but there is a God who is with you even in the valley. God is not afraid of being with us in the valley. Even there, whatever challenge that you are faced with, whatever darkness that you find yourself in, I want you to know that God whom you hope in is with you. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. Do not let your face to show even the fact that you are going through the most. Have confidence in God. Don't change the way that you are. Have confidence in God. Know that God is with you. That even if you don't feel like he's with you, know that He is with you. Because sometimes when we have been trusting God for certain things for a long time, when we have been trusting God to take us out of the valley, we think that he is also running out of time just like us. But how many know that he can redeem the time? He is able 
to even bring back the things that the enemy has stolen. Some of us are even afraid that the enemy is busy stealing. Yes, even though the enemy is stealing, I know that in the valley, the enemy is always feeding from our fear and he is always busy stealing. He is busy trying to destroy our peace. He is busy trying to kill even the confidence that we have in God. But I am here this morning to let you know that hopelessness is not your portion. Fear is not your portion. There is a God who loves you so much and he wants to take you out of the valley and he wants to restore everything that you have lost and everything that the enemy has stolen. You will overcome hopelessness and you will overcome fear through the revelation and the knowledge of the love of God. Because when God is with us, when we know that God loves us so much and that he is always with us, prosperity and success and favor and elevation is always our portion. He does not just leave us in the dark. Sometimes when we are in the valley, it is a sign that the next season is the mountaintop. That is why it is important sometimes to even dance in the valley and begin to practice your praise in the valley and begin to practice your thanksgiving in the valley. Whereas everything is not going well, whereas everything is just going down, you are upaman in a simo because you know uvutile simo is not here forever. Le simo is just going to pass. At some point, it will give in and it is not going to be me who gives up but it is going to be the situation that is going to do it is going to be the challenge that is going to give up we are not those who are supposed to go to draw back when we are faced with challenges but we are those who charge forward who are going to practice even praising God in the midst of it all in the midst of what of, of the challenges that we are faced with when the tears are running down your eyes I'm not saying something that I don't practice. I'm closing. When we were busy with this building, and on the day when everything, every evidence was showing that it's not going to happen, all the evidence was pointing towards it is impossible for this thing to happen. Forget about it. I took my diary. I wrote 1.5 million. I put it down on the floor in my room all by myself. And I got a praise on. Practicing to say, when we have the 1.5, this is how we are going to dance. This is how we are going to praise. This is how we are going to worship. This is how we are going to say thank you. Because I know, even though I walk through the valley, I am walking through the valley. I am not staying in the valley. Lo and behold, where are we this morning? Where are we this morning? I was going through the valley of the shadow of death. It did not kill me. And it did not kill my praise. So you get whatever it is that you are going through. You put it on the table. You write it down on your diary. You put it there. And right in the valley, you don't hide. You don't say, I'm not going to church because things are not going well with me. But whatever it is that God has promised you, you write it down. And in the valley, you practice your praise because the God that loves you is with you. Even in the valley, 
and the mountain top is coming. And the devil, the reason why he wants you to lose hope, it is because he's scared of what you will become when the valley is over. But I declare this morning, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the season of every valley has expired. In the name of Jesus, the season of every challenge has expired. We declare in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who is with us is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is with us is greater than any challenge that we may face. The one who is with us is able Somebody say he's able. Somebody say he's able. He's able to prosper me. He's able to favor me. He's able to give me success. He's able. He's able. The one who is with me is able. Declare before that situation. My God is able. Declare before that situation. My God is able. Declare before that situation. My God is able. One more minute. Tell that situation. Tell that circumstance. Tell that challenge. My God is able. My God is able. Ah, oh, ye mountain. Who are you, thou mountain? Before zero problem, you will be made plain. You will be made plain. You will be made plain. My God is with me. And he is able. I will not lose my hope in him. My God is able. My God is able. One more minute. One more minute. Practice your price. Practice your price. Practice your price. Practice your price.
is with you. God is with you. God is with you. Doesn't matter how boisterous the wind is. In this boat of life, you are not alone. He's with you. I want you to know Puma in one piece. Yes. Uzopuma in one piece. The one who is with you is able to prosper you. For he has not given you the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Uzopuma in one piece, your mind never insane, but your mind intact. Your mind sound. Come out with a sound mind. Yes, sometimes it feels as if you are losing your mind. But you will come out in one piece. The one who is with you loves you too much to let you fall apart and then it's the end of you. He's got good plans for you. Cannot be the end. Somebody shout it's not the end. Somebody shout it's not the end. Somebody shout it's not the end. Get that situation in your mind and say it's not the end. This is not the end. You are not the end. This is not the end. It's not the end. It's not the end. There'll be glory after this. There'll be glory after this. We are going home now. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.